Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. I am in Luke chapter number 8 this morning. Familiar story. I'm going to preach. God gave me these thoughts yesterday. I told Pat and Randy and Pam what I was going to preach this morning, and I found it right there in the Bible. I love it when it gives me the thought. In it lines, it's right there with the scripture. And the, the same words, the same words. So Luke chapter number 8, verse 38 and 39, I'm going to read them. Tell you a little story here about uh, this particular passage. Preach a few things to you and let somebody come and be saved this morning. Do you know you're here on purpose? You may think you just eased in here today, but God, there's a reason God drew you and had you be in this place this day. You're here for a purpose. You may not even be aware that you're seeking something, but God's seeking you. And, and, and he chose me before I chose him. So there he is. He's drawing you in. Here you sit today, ready to be saved. And uh, God's about to give you an opportunity to do that. You could come right now and be saved, and we'll just shout it out, and I'll preach this thing tonight. That'd be okay with me. Anybody coming? Mike Blanton said that. And the guy got up and come, got saved. And he preached anyway. I promise you, I won't preach if you'll come right now. We'll pray and it'll be over. You'll be saved and we'll set you up to baptize you. No takers. You're going to have to tolerate a message. You found Mark or Luke 8 and 38 shot amen. Now the man out of whom the devils were departed besought him that he might be with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to thine own house and show how great things God hath done unto thee. <clears throat> but watch this. And he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. Father, we love you. Thank you for this day, for the sweet songs. You stirred my spirit in the singing today. Lord, I pray you'd fill my mouth, guard my tongue, help me be accurate in the scripture. Let me be a blessing to those that have come. And God, the lost one that's here today, or two or three or how many, they'll come today and give their heart and life to the Lord. God, so they can be assured a home in heaven. And I'm asking for your favor and your strength today. Touch my voice and my body. Enable me to do your work. I'll give you glory, praise God. For everything that's done, in the King's name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. And amen, this familiar ground to Bible students. We find this story in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In Matthew, they have a little a, a different difference in the writing in as there is two men that come to Jesus when he gets over into the land of the Gadarenes. And I've, I've, I've wondered about that for some time. I think this satisfied me last night in my study. Brother Roland, I thought about this. I thought, you know, there was two men named or Two men, they weren't named in that, but two come, and that's only peculiar to Matthew, Mark, or Luke just announces the one man. But here's what I thought. You know, one, it, it, it specifies that one, the devil's come out of him. Maybe one knew him, and one never knew him. Because there's always two, two. You're two people, whether you believe it or not. Hey, you're two people today. 
you got the flesh that you're living in and the new man on the inside. And that's the way we live this thing until Jesus calls us out. And the one that knows him's going to be with him one day. Aren't you glad of that? But here he is, and Jesus sees his condition. Jesus knows our condition today. He knows where you're at. He knows how you are. He knows what you need. He knows what you don't need. Jesus sees your very condition. He knows whether you're happy, sad, mad, or glad today. He knows our condition. He saw the condition of this man, and his condition was this. He was lost. He was full of devils. He had the devil in him, and he needed some help. Listen, do you know that's how we, we are all, until we meet Christ, we're just children of the devil. We're just being led around by him and, 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 and following his whims. The children of disobedience, Paul said, that's what we are. But aren't you glad he saw your condition one day? He saw his condition. He didn't just see it. He knew he could do something about it. Praise God. He can do something about your condition today, whatever it is. And he saw his condition. He knew what he needed. He's going to do it for him. And you know what he done? He cured him. He cured this boy, man, young man. I don't know what he was, Jay, but he cured him. He saw, he saw, he cast the devils out of him. They ran into a herd of swine. I'm not going to preach all that today, but I want us to understand this and, and uh, that, that he was cured from his condition. Jesus is the cure today. He was the cure on earth he was the cure when he come out of the tomb. We let, read it in Sunday school class this morning. The same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the cure for whatever ails you today. I, I'm telling you, Jesus is the cure. There he is. He sees the condition and he cures the man. And then, oh, get a hold of this. Did you know there's no mention of the people being afraid of this guy? When he is running around naked in the tombs, cutting himself, acting like a heathen, crazy man. And, and it doesn't say a thing about him being afraid of him then. But when they see him cured and sitting at the feet of Jesus, it says there's afraid of him. Don't be surprised when lost people's afraid of you. That's why they're uncomfortable around you. They're afraid. Them big tough guys are big and tough. I whip anything on two legs. Big tough guys, you know what? You start talking about Jesus, scares them to death. Why? Because you're cured and in your right mind. And they're afraid of that. Times hasn't changed. They were afraid of him in that day. They're still afraid of us today. But it's not only that. Then here's what we see in verse, in verse number 38. We see the command of Jesus. And he commanded him to do something. And I'm preaching this morning on this great things Jesus hath done. And so he, he, Christ gave him a command to go brag on God and he went and bragged on Jesus. Let that sink in right there. He's still bragging on God. He just recognized Jesus as God. And so he told him, Jesus said, Go, why? Because Jesus always pointed to the Father. 
bless the Lord. And the Father always pointed to Jesus. And the Holy Ghost points to both of them. And these three are one. I'm about to get happy. Praise God. Aren't you glad that it's all one body? But Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He's in a body, but he's in a glorified body. Aren't you glad? So here's the command. You go show, tell what great things God hath done for you. And he went to show what great things Jesus had done for him. So I don't think that command just falls to them, Brother Brantz. I think that command is applicable to us today. You know something? I used this in revival this past week. You have something that nobody else has. Yours is unique to you and you alone. You have a testimony that no one else has. Yours, listen, we're all saved by grace through faith, that not of ourselves. That comes the same way. We're washed by the blood that the sin might go away and be and done away with. As far as the east is from the west, you figure that out. Come and talk to me. We, we all have that in common. We're baptized by one spirit into one body. The Holy Ghost puts us into the body of Christ. These are all common. But the way it happened, your life, the things that's happened to you to get you where you are today. Nobody has that but you. You've got a unique testimony today. So, I think that we ought to broadcast or tell what great things God hath done for us. Let me give you the first one that he's done. We're all, this is common to everybody in this room, lost and saved alike. Number one, the great thing God done he hath made me. He hath made me. I couldn't make myself. My mom and daddy had a little bit to do with it, but unless God touches that thing, there is no life. It'll never come to fruition. It'll never be. It'll never draw breath. Unless God puts the breath of life in that embryo in that womb, God puts that through the mother in that, but he gave the breath to the mother and the oxygen travels and, and touches in the child. There it is. And that, so God's breath is in it from the beginning. It can't live without it. Praise God. Without him, you're nothing. God, by him were all things made, and with that doubt, him was not anything made that was made. Colossians said it like this, by him all things were created, things in heaven, things in earth, both visible and invisible. That means there's some things made that we can't see. He's made her all. Bless God, he made you. You didn't make yourself. There's no self-made man. God made you. You can't, <laughs> you can't do a thing without him. Acts 17, 28, God God made you. He made us, Jimmy Pleasant. He, we were on his mind. I like that song, Lisa. We were on his mind. My all-seeing, all-knowing God looked down through the portals of time, Tony Wilson, and saw you sitting in the first Free Will Baptist Church. How about that? That's good. He made you, and he didn't just make you to take up space. He made you for a purpose, and that being his. Because, listen, for all things work together for good to them that love God, who are made according to his purpose. That's why we're here. It's according to the purpose of God. You have a purpose to fulfill. Are you fulfilling that purpose? The question is today, are you fulfilling the purpose of God? Why should I do that? Because he made you. That's why. You didn't make yourself. 
He made you. He wants up. You have a purpose in the body of Christ. A lot of people want to be the mouth, but not everybody's the mouth. Somebody's got to be the big toe. But you're made for a purpose. Did you know something today? Tell what great things he done for me. What did he do for you? He made me. God made me. Say, well, he didn't make much. You're right about that. But he made me just the same. You know, nobody else can do anything about it. Some he made big, some he made small. Some he made in the middle. Some he made short and some he made tall. He made everything. He made you the way you are and he made you the way you are because nobody can fulfill the purpose that he made you for except you. Are you fulfilling his purpose? He made me. I'm, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalm 39 139, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. These morons, yes, I said moron, that says that this thing just happened, boomed, and there it was, or I evolved from an ape. Brother John, listen, I'm going to steal this. I'm going to steal this from the old preacher who said, I may have had some swing by their neck, but they never swung by their tail. Why? Because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm made in the image. Praise God of God. In the image and the likeness. That's I'm made in his image. Don't you tell me. Don't you let nobody tell you you're junk. God made you. And he made you in his image and his likeness. You're, oh, praise God, you're unique. Hey, listen. God made you just like you are. He, and he's got a purpose for you. Not only did he make me. He made me, but then he saved me. Carl, what if he'd have just never drawn us? But I believe the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. I believe, I believe Vladimir Putin had a day when he could have been saved or that the, 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 the word of God crossed him or he, he heard something or knew something. I believe it's been pointed ever since Jesus rose from. Now there's a time that God had winked at ignorance because there's a time that people were ignorant. They died without a sacrifice. And I don't believe that God forgave them of their sin, but they were ignorant of what they were doing. And God winked at ignorance. In other words, he gives some, he, he let, he, he's let some off the hook if they died with a sacrifice. But they had sin about them that they were ignorant of. But he saved me. It's one thing to make something. And it's another thing to save it. He saved me. He didn't. Listen. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And that was me. And that was you if you're here. If you're here today and you're saved, it's because Jesus sought you. He said, you've not chose me. I chose you. I chose you. Hey, we'll never come. No man can come unto me except the Father which has sent me. Draw him. Then I'll raise him up the last day. The draw of the Spirit of God comes. We hear the Word of God. The Word of God is preached. Somebody said, how about them places where they never heard the Word of God? What are you going to say about that? I'm going to say Romans 1 tells me that the firmament, by the creation alone, they're without an excuse. 
So it don't matter if they never heard the gospel. We are privileged, but those of us that are privileged to hear the gospel, we stand in a greater responsibility and accountability to God because we have heard what thus saith the Lord. And he saved me. Can you, can you go in your mind to the day that you confess to him and ask him for forgiveness of sin. On Tate Road, an 11-year-old boy was riding a gold Schwinn 20-inch bicycle, high-rise handlebars, and a banana seat. Too cool for school. <laughs> riding up a dusty gravel road, Paul Phillips, and I'd been in church, and here's what I heard. You're going to die and go to hell. That's what they said on Sunday morning. That's what they said on Sunday night. And that's what they said on Wednesday. If you went, you heard a message on dying and going to hell. I thought that that's what happened. Everybody's going to die and go to hell. Somewhere along the line, I got the thought by the word of the Spirit of God that everybody didn't have to go to hell. And I'm riding that bicycle. There's not a preacher around. There's not an invitation given by a choir. Listen, the piano's not playing. I'm riding up that gravel road, kicking up dust barefooted in a pair of short breeches and a t-shirt and all of a sudden the convicting power of the Holy Ghost fell down upon me. I wrecked that bicycle in the ditch, Donnie Wilson, and I cried out and said, God, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. I need you to keep me from going to hell. And he said, okay. Can I tell you today, you don't have to go to hell. He'll save you today. He not only made me, bless God, he saved me. Are you saved? Why not? Why would you not be saved? Do you want to burn? You want to die and go to hell? And burn forever? Nobody in their right mind wants to do that. You know why we're so happy here a while ago saying, God, we've been blessed. We shout and praise God, we'll be done with troubles and trials. Amen. <laughs> he made me, then He saved me. But it gets better still. It just keeps getting better. But He not only. Save, made me and saved me, but he's also kept me. <laughs> Why? Because you can't keep yourself. Oh, no. You can't do it. Somebody said, I can't live it. That's exactly right. Not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who died and gave himself for me. Hallelujah. That's how you do it. What are you thinking, preacher? Here's what I think. Well, it's what I know. It's not what I think. It's what you know. It makes a difference. You got to know it. I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. What day would that be? That'd be the day of judgment. The great and terrible day of the Lord. The white throne for the lost. You know what that word committed there means? 
It means to deposit. You know why a lot of people aren't kept? Because they never deposited anything. If I go to the bank and I pull up to the window and I say, I'd like to withdraw $500,000, they would say, I'm sorry, but your account's a little short. Oh, really? But if you'll go get $500,000 and deposit in this bank, and then when you need it, you can come and get it. Well, glory to God. Now, I'm going to, maybe that's a poor analogy, but I want you to consider that. If you've not deposited yourself in Christ, he's not going to keep you for nothing. But he's kept me. He's kept me from sin. He's kept me from myself. And he's kept me from Satan. The devil would kill you, Jake, if he could. Why would he kill you? Because you might lead somebody else to Christ. He'd move you out of the way if he could. He couldn't touch Job till God said, go head on. Touch him if you want to, but he's going to be mine. So if he's not kept me, that's because you're not made a deposit. If you make a deposit, he'll keep you. That's what he's saying, which I have committed. That means, that means there's something that I do. I believe, and therefore when I believe, I make a deposit. Somebody said, don't have to be, do nothing to be saved. Yeah, you got to believe. That's what Paul told the Philippian jailer. I'll take his word for it. When he said, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Now that word believe there holds a lot of things to it. It means to make a deposit. Have you done that? Not only made me and saved me, but he's kept me. You're here today because he's kept you. You show me one place in the Bible where you keep yourself. No, keep, keep yourself unspotted from the world. I'll agree that there in Titus. I'll agree that he says that. But you can't keep yourself spiritually. No, you cannot. The Holy Ghost. If I felt better, I'd jump at pew. The Holy Ghost, bless God. He does the work. That's why right now, if you're mad at me or somebody else, convicted in your soul, that's a spirit trying to do a work in you. Y'all do something about it. I'm about done. He's made us. And those of us that are saved, he's saved us. And those that have been in this thing for any length of time at all, he's kept us. But here's what happens. You know what Sister Janelle told me? I mean, four Janelle, four and four months. Is that right? She said, we're burying too many people. Well, I'll agree with that. The old preacher told me, he said, son, every time you bury them, you'll bury a little piece of you. And he said, pretty soon, then they'll have to bury you because all of you will be gone. And you don't believe that. But it's like burying a child. Every time, I don't care if they're 40 years older than me. Every time somebody leaves and we lay them here, they're laid out here. Randy, he'll amen it. It's like burning a little, it's like burning a child. That's one of your flock. That's somebody you fed and nurtured spiritually, visited them, tried to take care of them, help them if you can. Jimmy May's son said yesterday at the graveyard at Sand Springs, he said, I just want you to know how much we appreciate for what you and Randy's what you and Randy's done for my mama. 
I said, I said, it's just what we do. If you got a preacher, don't do that. Quit and go somewhere where they do. And there it is. I tried to get him to come. I don't see James in here anywhere today, but I'm begging him in April to come. I'm, I'm expecting them to come. But here's what happened, Brother Dennis. Wednesday afternoon, April called me. She said, Wednesday morning she called me. She said, uh, Brother Mike said, uh, David's not doing well. And said, I, she said, I don't know that he's going to live through the day. I said, I've got to preach tonight. Revival, I'll get, when I get cleaned up, I'll come over. Before I go to revival, I'll come see you. Well, about, about 2 o'clock, something like that, Dennis, I got a text. And she said, uh, you better come now. So I, sometimes I don't always look like the preacher. I yanked on a pair of blue jeans, throwed a ball cap on, and burned it over to their house. I can be there in three minutes from mine. I got to the house, I walked in the door, and David's taking his last breaths. And I called on the Lord, but the Lord, here's it is. He made him, he saved him, he kept him, and then he called him. That's what happens. That's how it works. One day he calls you. I'm like Ronnie White. This one at a time thing's killing me. I would that he'd call us all at the same time. That's what brother, brother Ronnie said. I would that he'd call us at the same time. But until the rapture occurs, and you don't like that word, until he catches us up. Here, let me give you the word. When he calls us out, corporately, all together, hallelujah, what a day that shall be. I'm voting for that today. These young people thinking, I'd like to live a little while. I'm going to tell you, friend, he called us out here today. You're going to miss a whole lot of heartache and pain. You'd be privileged to miss what you're going to have to go through if he leaves you here. But bless the name of God. One of these days, it might be individually, he may call me by myself. Here's what he'll do. I believe this is how it works. So Jesus, now God the Father answers. God's a spirit, by the way. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. I don't, I'm, I'm with McGee. I don't think you ever see God the Father. You'll know he's there, but I don't think you'll see him. You can, you can picture it in your mind however you want to, but if God's a spirit, I can't see spirits even in a glorified body. I couldn't see a spirit. But I'll know he's there. Why? His overwhelming power and presence. I know he's there. But how will you know? Because Jesus is running the show. Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. It's all his. It's all at his disposal. He's making the calls. The father, listen, they say, well, he said he don't know when he's coming back. Well, at the time he said that, he didn't know when he is coming back. But after all power is given to him in heaven and earth, now he knows. He might have been unsure of it then when he was here on earth. But there's not a doubt in my mind. He knows when he's coming back. He's got all power given to him in heaven and in earth. And when one of these days he's making the calls, here's what he's going to say. It, spare, barring that the rapture occur, Brother Michael, here's what happens. Mike McCoy's reached his bound. Mike McCoy's reached his bound. Go get him. 
Now, some say that Jesus come for them, and I, I won't disagree with that. I don't know. He might, he might come. He said, I will come again and receive you unto myself at where I may be. Uh, there you'll be also. Where I am there, you may be also. And so it, it could be that way. But now he sent angels for old Lazarus, or for the beggar. He didn't know how to get there. I don't know which way to go when I leave. Somebody's going to have to show me. And I believe Wednesday afternoon, after 2 o'clock, somebody showed up at the, side, the bedside of David Brass and said, Hey, David, come on. You're going with me. I'd asked David just days before that, Are you afraid to leave? No, I'm not afraid. That's all I need to know. The Lord and me has got that all worked out. That's exactly right. That's who does it. You can't do it. And he'll call me out of here. And I'm not afraid to leave, Carl. Now, I may not care for the way that he takes me out of here. I don't want to lay and suffer for a long time. I'd prefer not to do that, Jimmy. But that may be, that may be how I get to my bound. I don't know. I told Dusty if his mom and I as much traveling as we do, and I don't drive as well as I used to, and I still drive just as fast. There's a problem here. And I don't see things in the dark like I once did. I can still see pretty well 61-year-old man without glasses on unless I go to read something, then i got to put something. But I said, you know what? If your mom and I were to die on the highway somewhere going to a revival or something, don't bury me in some foreign land like Ohio. <laughs> I love my friends up there, but I don't want to be buried up there. I'm not from there. You bring us back home. I'm not looking to hurt anyone's feelings here, but get me one of them fat man boxes, them big ones, and put us both in it. And let us be looking at each other and just have the funeral. They'll come by, they'll say, there's Mike and Pat looking at each other. Yeah, that's the way it'll be. But should it not be that way? And he calls me by myself, Jay. When he calls me, I will answer. I am ready if he. <laughs> there's a mansion now awaiting me on high and I'm going there by and by. Oh, I have made my preparations from the world of separation. Praise God, aren't you glad? Are you ready to go? He could call you out this afternoon. You better know that he made you, saved you, kept you. Praise God, he's gonna call you. And Donnie, when he does, we're going home. Where are you going? Where are you going? See, people are under false impression because that other people love them, they die and go to heaven. That is not true. Your mom and daddy can love you to the moon and back. And you can die and go to hell. You can't. Jesus said he was very dogmatic. He said, I am the way. So you won't go. You won't go where your family's at. If, they're all, if they've died in Christ, you won't go. 
because you're a good boy or girl or mom or dad or grandma or grandpa. You won't go because of that. The only way you'll go is if you've been born again and your faith is in the Lord Christ and you've committed yourself to him. Then you know what you can say? I'm going home. I'm going that way. Which way are you going? Why'd you come here today? Say, well, you're supposed to go to church on Sunday. Well, you are supposed to go to church. You can go any day of the week you want to. We just chose Sunday. We like Sunday. I don't care if the Catholics did make it mandatory back in the day on Sunday. It's the first day of the week. It's the day of resurrection. It's a day I like to go to church. But I have church on Saturday, too, and Monday and Tuesday and other days. I mean, you can have church wherever you're at. And I'm just, well, if two or three are gathered together in my name, he said, I'm in the midst. That's church. So we ought to go to church. Did you come today because you know there's something missing in your life? And you need to be saved and you know something's wrong. You're afraid Russia might throw a nuclear weapon at us. You're worried about that. You're wondering, what's going to happen to me when I die? I'm telling you, don't wonder, no. You got to know. Know what's going to happen to you. You Say, I don't know. Yeah, you can know. You can know. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. There it is, you can know. Play something, Bernie. I want you to stand and bow your heads today. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the time of truth.